is the Storymobile podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. The St. Paul Almanac book was created in 2005 and has since been released annually. The goal is to bring together the diverse community of St. Paul through literary arts. The Almanac is a meeting place for sharing stories and artwork of our community. This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Friday, June 2nd, Storymobile was at Golden's Lower Town to hear authors read their work from St. Paul Almanac on a Collected Path, Volume 11. So our first reader of the night is Amy Clark. Amy Clark is a lifelong resident of St. Paul, a mother, a teacher at St. Paul Claver, an artist and member of AZ Gallery, the host of Young Geniuses radio program, and an avid St. Paul Saints fan. Please welcome Amy. So I'm really glad to be outside because if we were inside, I wouldn't be able to read this. And so I brought my glasses just in case. But uh, my story is all about the Highland Pool. And this is, takes place in the 70s, and I love the Highland Pool. Uh, but it's not like what it was, and now it's become this beautiful place. But before it, but it was a place where everybody, all of our neighbors, everybody would go. And so it will start. Uh, Highland Pool by Amy Clark. On blistering, sweat-filled afternoons in St. Paul, my sisters and I would head to the Highland Pool. In the 70s, the Highland Pool is not the state-of-the-art aquatic center that it is today but it could keep you cool and eat up the mindless hours of a summer day. We would scrounge to the couch for change, pick out the cat fur, <laughs> Kathy knows about the cat fur, uh, uh, pocket the jacks and marbles and pool the money. My sisters and I would choose the youngest to beg for a ride from dad, since he always fell for her cuteness. The beauty of us oldest girls were, was being held hostage by puberty and its companions, such as acne, braces, and glasses. Woo, we are cute. Uh, after youngest sisters bat batted her eyelashes and flashed her dimple, Dad announced that we had two minutes to get our suits on. He was leaving without us. We looked under our beds or behind the radiators for our suits. We put them on, what, still wet from last night's run under the sprinkler, and maybe stained from drippings by Dairy Queen cones. We raced out to the car, smelling a bit musty, and right from the heat and calling out at key positions in our big white Oldsmobile. I liked lying across the backseat window ledge so I could watch the world roll by in reverse. Piled up in the car, sticking to the vinyl seats or sprawled out on the ledge, we were ready to roll out. Dad would emerge out the back door, humming a tune with a cool between his teeth. He had a passion, passionate love of menthols, colorful language, and his daughters. He had many sayings, but some would be politically incorrect today, or it's too expletive to feel to print. I was fascinated with his skill of using the simple F word as a verb, a noun, and an adjective. All <laughs> in one sentence. And my friends back there know this well. <laughs> uh, he'd yell out us to roll down the censored adjective windows, because do you think we're made of censored adjective, money, and we're using my censored adjective, gas to have air conditioning. And then dad would say, hang on, my little ladies, we're off to the pool. When the exhale of smoke from the cool, he would drive away. In the 70s, we lived in a heavily Catholic neighborhood, so each family was composed of six to 12 children. And all the children were already lined up and down the block when we got to the pool. And dad would tell us to have a great time, and he'd be back at five. 
He never worried that we would drown if he wasn't watching us because he had paid for us to take swimming lessons every Saturday morning that winter, and we had the certificates to prove that we could swim and not drown. Also, weren't there censored adjective, lifeguards there being paid to make sure that we weren't going to drown? And compared to the bigger families, there were only four of us. And we were four girls to boot, so we had to hold our, our place firm in our place in line and try not to faint from the incessant sun beating on our heads as we elbowed out all the kids trying to budge in line. We finally get to the gate, pay our fees, drop our towels, and run straight to the water filled with nirvana, only to be stopped dead in our tracks by a barely out of puberty 16-year-old armed with a bullhorn and lifeguard whistle telling us, walk or you're out of here. Jeez, we thought to ourselves. We hadn't become adept at our expletives yet. We just got here. Swimming at the Highland Pool with half the population of St. Paul was not without peril. There was absolutely no shade. So if you didn't have a base tan after so many sunburns, you risked a bad burn by at least 1.30, and we just got let in at 1. And I don't think sunscreen had been invented yet, but even if it had been, we only used Johnson's baby oil. More, however, the chlorine was so strong that it caused your eyes to burn and become bloodshot in a matter of minutes. If you died for pennies in the deep end, you basically became blind by 3 o'clock. And when parents picked up their kids at 5, the kids had to be hand-led to the car because they had refused to open their eyes on account of the pain. And the kids looked they had a bad case of pink eye or were stoned to the bejesus. And we were sad when we heard Dad laying on the horn outside the gate and yelling, Ladies, it's time! So with bloodshot eyes, we left feeling exhausted, but cool and happy as hell after our day at the pool. Thank you. To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.